I'll be reading John 8, 31 through 36 to begin with. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, now you got to get the order right. If you continue in my word, you're really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you see the progression? We're in the word, and in the word we find the truth, and then the truth sets us free. So the source of the truth that sets you free is the word. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you will really be free. In 1775, the Colony of Convention was having a, a, its own Congress to decide what they were going to do in the mounting tensions that were happening, the battles that had already begun between the colonists and England. The highlight of this particular meeting in 1775, a meeting where George Washington was president, present and Thomas Jefferson was president, present, uh, was a speech by Patrick Henry. And I want to read you just a clip of it. He said, gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. And there are historians who say that cemented in Washington and Jefferson the fact that action had to be taken in the next year, 1776, is when Jefferson wrote and the 54 signers signed the Declaration of Independence and they paid a price for doing that. Let me read to you just one line of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That within us, God put a longing for freedom. Now, with that stage set, our country was birthed out of that longing for freedom and refusal to be enslaved by another nation. Can I give you the implication of the verses that I've just read to you? Jesus said, it's not until you know the truth that you will be free. You can live in a free country, but not be, but not be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So I imagine that was shocking to us because someone said, we've never been slaves. He said, now if you've sinned, you're a slave to sin. But then he goes back and he adds this to it. So let me back up to verse 31 and add that to verse 32. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that progression, this is the theme of the sermon. The truth sets us free, but the truth comes from the word. Do you get that? Well, here's unfortunately what's happened in our country. For decades now, we've walked away from the word. Uh, now, when you walk away from the word and that's the source of truth, 
The only other option available to you, and Satan is ready to give it to you, is Satan's lies. So let me read you a verse that's just a little farther down in John 8, verse 44. He was talking to these enemies of his, and he said this, You are of your father the devil and want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. So there's two sources that we can listen to. We can listen to the truth which comes from the word or we'll listen to Satan's lies. Now, Justin and I were talking about the sermon this morning and he, he pointed out the fact that the Bible says that one of the names that you can use for Satan is the deceiver. So what's happened because for decades now we've walked away from the word. We've been hearing Satan's lies, and now we're convinced that Satan's lies are the truth. We've, we've been deceived. Things that we would have said 30, 40 years ago, are you crazy for saying that? Are now presented as if, well, that's just the truth. Because that's how powerful these lies have become. Let me give you two things that happened this week to illustrate this. This week in the state of Maine, uh, they voted in both houses, so it's now enacted as law that abortion in the state of Maine will be allowed up to the point of birth. Now, let me give you the implication of that. That means that if a woman is one day away from her delivery date and she says, I've decided I don't want this baby, if she goes to the hospital, by law, the hospital has no choice but to kill that baby. And we sit here and say, that's outrageous. But let me tell you how that's referred to. That's called women's health care. Do you hear how insidious these terms are? It's women's health care to allow a baby to be killed a day before it would have been delivered. Let me give you another example that happened in New Jersey. New Jersey had passed a law. By the way, in New Jersey, a school cannot give a child Tylenol without a written permission from the parents. So there's, there are areas which they require parental involvement. But the legislature of New Jersey recently passed a law that said, parents cannot be notified if their student at school is claiming to be another sex and has changed their name. So you can't give a child Tylenol, but you can't tell the parent that their children are identifying as another sex and have changed their name. Well, three school districts in New Jersey, school boards, decided to vote not to go along with that. And as a result, last week, the state of New Jersey sued those three districts to make them comply. That's called gender affirmation. Can you hear the terms, the way they're being used? James Montgomery Boyce, a great Presbyterian preacher years ago, had met a woman in Hong Kong who had lived her life in mainland China. At that time, Hong Kong was free and China was under communist control. And he was talking about her experience as a Christian under communism in China. And so this is, this is their back and forth. When you were back in China, were you free to gather with other Christians to worship? Oh no, she answered. Since the liberation, no one is permitted to gather together for Christian services. But surely you were able to get together in small groups and discuss the Christian faith. No, we were not. Since the liberation, all such meetings are forbidden. Well, were you free to read your Bible? Well, since the liberation, no one is free to read the Bible. Do you hear how the deceiver 
has so taken terms and changed them around. And because we've walked away from the Bible, the Word, we're now moving into Satan's lies. And it's the Word that is the source of truth that brings freedom. So what I want to do in a short time this morning, the sermon will not be as long as, as normal. I want to share with you three lies that Satan is convincing people of and answer those lies from the Scripture. Number one, <clears throat> first lie of Satan is freedom is the ability to do what you want without restraint. Freedom is the ability to do what you want without restraint. What we need to do is make it legal for anybody to do anything they want, sleep with who you want, uh, watch what you want, do any drugs you want. That's freedom if we do that. Now, now folks, let me explain something. <coughs> Once again, that's a lie of Satan. Because you're not going to be free to do whatever you want because sin by nature is enslaving. Look at John 8, 34. Jesus responded, truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Now we're having a move in our country to move us toward legalizing uh, drugs, to take away criminalization of, of drug use and drug sale. Saturday, yesterday, Maryland became the 41st state, that means there's only nine left, the 41st state to legalize marijuana use. Uh, can you imagine that? And basically what we're being told, people are hey, <coughs> if you want to use drugs, use drugs. It's a free country. But in 2020, I found a government study. This is from a government website. And it stated this, that... 25% of those who use illegal drugs become addicted. By the way, 20% of those who use alcohol become alcoholics. So we're saying, let's open the door. Let's make this legal. When 25% of those who use illegal drugs become addicted, let me ask you this question. <coughs> Would you get on a plane if you had a one in five or a one in four chance of not making it? I don't think that's good odds. And one of the things that's happened as a result, friends, God bless you. Can you not see what's happening even in our town? Everywhere we look, we have homeless people and the overwhelming majority of those who are homeless are homeless because they're addicted. Most of them addicted to crystal meth. That is the most common drug around here. I did some re research this week and it basically described what happens from the time you take meth to the time you come down. And the symptoms that were described are what I'm seeing on the streets. But a person becomes so consumed, the only thing that matters is getting that next bit of meth. And doesn't, so sleep under a, a tree if you want to, as long as you can have your drug. Let me ask you something. Do you think any of those who are the homeless wandering around our area said one day, you know, my goal is to live homeless and be a complete addict and go around tweaking, you know, where I just have, I'm cussing and jerking and saying things I can't believe. I, do you think that was any of their goals? That was Satan's lie. Satan said, you're going to be the exception. You, you know, you're free to do it. No, you're not free to do it if it's an enslaving sin. That's the first lie. The second lie is this. Rebels should be our heroes. Rebels should be our heroes. Uh, we're, we're a country now that if you're going to be uh, featured in social media, if you're going to be a celebrity or an influencer, it's because you're 
uh, flaunting a lifestyle that's opposite of what you find in the Bible. If you have somebody who's just immoral, sleeps with anybody they want to sleep with, make them a star. If you have somebody that's involved in an alternative lifestyle, that's all right. We need to applaud that. We just spent a month in, quote, pride month. Now, let me explain something. Jesus said, God, t- God tells us that he loves the whole world. He loves everyone, including those trapped in LGBT lifestyles. We're told that we're to love every person as our neighbor, just as we would love ourselves. So, of course, we ought to be loving toward anybody on this planet, no matter what their behavior. But what we're seeing is going beyond just, quote, tolerance to the pressures being put on us. We will not stop until you have cried out. It's great. It's great. Applause. And I'll show you this in Scripture. Romans 1, 32. Although they know God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but applaud others who practice them. That's where we're at. We've made rebels our heroes. The ones that are applauded are those who are going against what God's word says. Uh, Psalm 1 is a great passage that gives a contrast between two ways of living. Let me share this with you now. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Friends, if you walk with sinners, if you hang around those who are mocking everything that God stands for, that's not the way to happiness. That's a way to ruin. But look at, look at, look at how it describes us in verse 2. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Do you see the picture? Those who go contrary to God's word are like chaff that's just blown away real quickly. Those who go by God's word, the word that brings the truth that sets you free, are like somebody who puts their roots down right by the river and it stays strong and bears fruit. That's the life God wants for you. And Billy Graham was, was a hero of mine. And oftentimes in his crusades, he would have people give testimonies. And some of them were very dramatic. I was a gang member and God saved me. I was a drug addict and God saved me. And, and they would talk about And I'm so grateful for God's grace. But I heard Billy Graham say one time, he said, you know, every time you hear a testimony like that, basically what they say is now, young people, don't do what I did. He said, don't we need some more people to give a testimony that would say instead to young people, I want you to do what I did. I want you to follow Christ from an early age, live for Jesus, and just follow my path. I became a Christian when I was 14, sold out to the Lord, walked with Christ through high school and college. And I've had sometimes people say, well, pastor, do you think you missed out on anything? Well, I've never had a hangover and I've never thrown thrown up on myself at midnight. I've never woke up the next morning wondering if a girl was pregnant. I guess I've missed out on a lot. But I tell you what's happened. I followed Jesus. My wife and I on our wedding night put a Bible on our bed, knelt before it and said, Jesus, you are Lord. And this word is the last word on everything in our home. And I can tell you right now, 46 years later, we are more in love now than we were way back then. I I would say this, instead of making heroes of those that our culture is making heroes of, why don't you attend our banquet that happens once a year for those who've been married 50 years and more? We have over 100 that come. We could have more there, but some of them can't walk anymore. But... (laughs) 
but, but come down there and say, do you have regrets for making Jesus Lord and going by the book? Of course not. That's the way to happiness. The third lie is this. You can't be forgiven and you can't change. See, what Satan traps you, fills you with guilt. He wants to say that sin is too great. Your future will be forever determined by what you've done in the past. Can I tell you the great promise of God? There's no sin you have that can't be washed away by the blood of Jesus. Look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friend, I want to tell you this. Don't you believe Satan and his lie? God not only forgives, he forgets. He cleanses you. Lamentation says, each morning thy mercies are new. Great is thy faithfulness. We woke up to fresh mercy this morning. Isn't that good news? Gene McGuire, when he was 17, was with his cousin Bobby. They were in a bar. They were past being drink. They'd gone past just drinking. They were drunk. Bobby, Gene didn't know this, had a gun with him. He said, let's go rob the bartender and let's take some of this money home that we've been seeing him put in the till. So to his surprise, Bobby walked up pulled out the gun and shot the bartender dead. And they said, hurry, help me get the money and we'll leave. Well, they were caught. Bobby said to him, just tell the police that I'm the one that shot. You didn't shoot the bartender. You didn't know I was going to do it. I'll confess it so it'll be lighter for you than for me. But in New York state law at that, at that time, if you participated in a robbery where somebody was killed, both people are equally punished. So at age 17, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He'd been there several years when Chuck Colson's prison fellowship came in. And they did a gospel presentation, brought the men in. They shared the gospel. And he said, boy, he felt the Holy Spirit tugging at him. He wanted to come forward to receive Christ, but he just couldn't, couldn't bring himself to do it. But one of the volunteers, a man named Larry, saw him. Came up to him afterwards and said, I was watching you at the end. You wanted to come forward, didn't you? I did. He led him to Christ. But let me tell you what's even more extraordinary. For the next 25 years, Larry came consistently to the prison to disciple Gene. After more than 30 years in prison, New York changed its law and said it, would, it was not right to sentence a juvenile to life in prison without parole. So the, so the law changed. And because of that, he was eligible for parole and was set free. And so the day came when Gene McGuire left the prison and he was not only free from bars, but he was freed in Christ. And that's what, what the Lord wants for every one of us. God wants us all to experience his freedom, freedom that comes from the sun. If the sun sets you free, you are really free but freedom that comes from following his word because that's the path of freedom. And I pray that is what you experience, my brother and sister. Would you pray with me about that now? Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw people to experience true freedom today. The lies are so deceptive and so prevalent among us. Let us be a people. Let us have children and teenagers and parents and Senior adults who go by the book, not by what we're being told in the world. We, we believe your word brings the truth that brings freedom. Now, friend, if you're here today and, you're, and you've never trusted Jesus, won't you say to him, save me, set me free. Tell him that. 
Call out to him. He'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen.